Okay, Pete, to start this episode off, I'm going to get three suggestions from our audience, and you're going to use these suggestions and make up an original song. Are you excited? Oh, God, it's like musical anxiety Mad Libs. <laughs> okay, so I need a type of animal. I heard elephant. Okay, great. Uh, now, what's a type of job? Any type of job? What? Win- window washer. Okay, that'll be good. Finally, a type of salad dress. I heard Thousand Island. Okay, Pete, so you've got elephant, window washer, and Thousand Island dressing. Time to make up that five-minute song and go! <laughs> I am... This is... No, I can't. Bye. <laughs> I'm not doing this! <laughs> oh, no! He left! All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's just you and me now. <laughs> Okay, so that didn't make you feel great, I'm no, sure. that felt terrible. <laughs> no, of course, yes. Well, under better circumstances than what I just gave you, a new study by the University of Michigan suggests that improvisational theater training can reduce fearfulness and anxiety among teens struggling with social interactions. What do you think about that? Well, I'm sorry, teens. Science is out to get you. <laughs> You're really not an improv fan, it sounds like. Do you know what the thing is? I actually am an improv fan, and I did some improv, you know, as you do you when you're in yeah. uh, any sort of performance, you do that. I was never great at it. There's two, sure. there's so much, uh, never really great at it. I couldn't make up the songs. I couldn't do, like, whose line is it anyway? I, is aspirational, like, theater for me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. They are amazing. And I've met Ryan Styles, by the way. Uh, He eats breakfast at a place called Good Cheerful in Bellingham, Washington. (laughs) I could keep talking about this for a while. Wow. Uh, You're a hero. To go back to the the study real quick. (laughs) You're amazing. Uh, Nearly 200. It took place in Detroit, and uh, they had 270 high school and middle school students did a 10-week school improvisational theater program offered by, let's see, the Detroit Creativity Project. And afterwards, the training, they said they led to increased confidence in social skills, ability to figure out how to achieve goals, and more importantly, greater willingness to make mistakes. And I like that because the idea in high school or middle school that I remember is just do whatever is the least embarrassing thing. That's right. Stay as, under the radar. As much as possible. Right. Exactly. So uh, that's good news. I like the idea that it's not just medication all the time, that sometimes instead of pills, you can uh, take suggestions from the audience. You I think can. maybe that's a good step in the right direction. Uh, how's that song coming, Pete? I'm anxious because, God, I really want to be the guy who can come up with a song about elephants and Thousand Island dressing. Oh, no, you can't. I mean, I purposefully picked terrible suggestions. Yeah, so you're not supposed to be able to do that. Mm, I'm going to be no thinking about that all day. No one's expecting you to do that. Oh, no. All day. Oh, I've, I've ruined you. <laughs> in my mailbox Sometimes love ain't meant to last forever It turns me back into the stone man I was born Welcome to What's That Smell? A sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. And every week we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, 
and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out. Send us the story of your anxiety to something stinky at what's that smell.net. It doesn't have to be a big one. It, it can be a little niggly one. It can be the thing that makes you throw up on the street like roadkill, or it can be something that just you feel when when you leave your keys, lock your keys in the car. Whatever it is, just big or small, uh, funny yeah. or not, we're going to find yeah. a way to help you laugh about it uh, with us. Yeah. Something Maybe stinky. you lock your roadkill in the car. Maybe you do. Something stinky at what's that smell.net. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, Tommy, I will go first. And let you go. I have an admission for you, Tommy. I am woefully uh, disorganized in my uh, preparation for my oh, segment this okay. week. And I would like to say that's because I ran out of time. Like I'm a busy person and I was too busy in meetings. I was meeting yep. the crap out of things and I just ran out of time. That's not true. I had plenty of time uh, to prep, but the anxiety itself uh, conjured such feelings in me that it was hard to approach <gasps> this one. Oh, that has happened to me before. Sure. Yeah. Approach avoidance. Yeah. yeah. It's Oof. grim. I'm going to start with a story uh, okay. that involves animals, but this anxiety is not about animals. Oh. Okay, let me see. Shake it off, shake it off. Oh, it was about, uh, I would say probably, oh, geez, 15, I was probably 17 years ago. Uh, I had just moved into my house, my current house with my wife, and we did not have kids and we just were here. It was just us in the house <laughs> all as well. Okay. And we'd lived here for a couple of years and, you know, maybe a year and a half, something like that. We're kind of getting the swing of what the house is like. Right. You know, it, and, and the sounds that the house makes, you know, houses make sounds. You know that. Sure. Creaks. Creaks. Yeah. And, you know, the house actually <laughs> makes different sounds at night. Do you notice that? Are you familiar with that? Mm, no, I'm not sure if I do. I feel that that's a trope that I've seen a lot, but I don't know if that happens no, to me. No, that much. Well, that's that you are fixed in a way that I am not. Then I am convinced that my house does make different sounds at night. And uh, as and I the, the sounds that it makes are, um, well, they're other people in my house. It sounds like there are other people. In my oh, house see, I live in an apartment also. Mm. And there's always the equivalent of people. Oh, they're, in always, my house. they're actually in your living room. And that's OK. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a so maybe I'm just yeah, I'm just uh, used to it. Yeah. OK, <laughs> so you feel you actually do that thing where you feel that someone's downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and it was, you know, Ooh. because this was this was my first house. I had lived in an apartment for many years prior to this house. I lived in the house and I d wasn't sure what to expect. And so it took me a long time to get adjusted to the, uh, you know, the sounds of the house at night. It just was very difficult to do. And then one night uh, I hear out of my sleep a massive shattering of glass in my oh. living room. We have a big sort of loft upstairs and, and downstairs of the living room is shattering glass. It sounded like a 300 pound human had thrown themselves through our giant bay window plate glass window. Like it really sounded like somebody had just wow. leapt through our front window. Sure. I, I race out into the hallway and I look over the edge and the only thing I have to protect myself is a is a, a back massager. It's like a metal rod that spins. You like sit up on somebody <laughs> and you roll it up and down their spine and apparently has magnets in it. You know, magnet roller thing. Do you keep that by you 
as like a protective device or that was just the first oh, thing yeah. you happened no, to Oh, grab. yeah. No, it's definitely there as a protective device, especially now. And <laughs> so... <laughs> that's so, your baseball bat? <laughs> yeah, that's my baseball bat. And so I could... Because, right. you know, I'm going to be stressed after an event like this, so I'm going to need a rollout. Oh, that's You're gonna a good have to point. That's out. a good I point. Be, yeah, sure. it's efficiency. <laughs> so I looked down over the edge and it turns out it wasn't a 300-pound human. It was my like six-pound cat who was chasing something <laughs> and jumped from the top loft onto the chandelier that ha- oh. hung over the f- the front door like and she apparently jumped on onto it and her weight pulled it right out of the drywall in the ceiling and oh, it shattered man. all over the floor so she was sitting down there in amongst the glass like licking her paws oh, sure. and then she scampered away like Prime a like cat. a jerk <laughs> yeah cat well, I say all that that story because that obviously, I mean, you can imagine that has that has an impact. Sure, right? that that has an impact on what uh, on uh, um, you know your your experience. And that I was already somebody who was anxious about you know the sounds in my house at night, as if there are other people in the house, and then this glass shattering and adrenaline and oh my goodness, protective instincts. Suddenly, I'm a guy that has uh, home invasion anxieties. Ugh. Wow. Home invasion anxiety that see, I've never had. I wonder if I've never had that, but you are not alone already. I can say that I have a number of friends that have had that when they've moved into houses. The fact that I live in an apartment, maybe I have this artifice of like there's another step or they're they're the odds that they'll pick an apartment before they get to mine. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure. I've never actually had that. But what's slightly also interesting about that is that this was pre-kid. Yeah. I would wonder if that's the kind of thing that would kick in once you had kids. Well, when it, it kicks into overdrive. I'll tell you that. Okay. It is definitely it. an overdrive kind of a thing. But I was still like we were still pretty newly married and I was you yeah. know, very much in protective mode. And now I realize that, you know, my wife is she's pretty buff. She's going to take care of me. Oh. That's what I count oh. on. I got bad knees now. So I'm, I really should put the back massager on her side of the on bed. On her side of the bed. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just and have I, the back scratcher now. I, say that, I know she's listening to this at, at some point. And I know, honey, you and I both know this is true. This is accurate representation of our relationship. Good luck. I got your back. And you know what's on my side is like a lap desk with a soft pillow underneath it. You know, a lap desk. <laughs> So I yeah, I have this thing about, you know, home invasion. I think about this all the time and it doesn't help the kinds of, of media that I take in. Right. The books that I read, the books I read have a lot of this. For some reason, this is a big thing in the cultural gestalt of fear. Thrillers are very much yeah. built around uh, this idea that someone is outside your house. Someone is watching your house. You're being you're always being cased. We talked a little bit about this last season with the, the idea that someone's watching me. Uh, I'm, I'm telling yep. you, when I read read thomas harris's red dragon do you remember that all right let me tell you that is first of all one of the best straight up like thrillers uh ever written i mean it's just it is just great page turning and uh also the fact that you know he was casing houses and he would set up in the trees and he would watch them for days and he would only he'd invade and you know do horrific things inside the house right that really stuck with me the whole concept of that that somebody's always watching so i'm very concerned about like you know keeping the blinds down and all that i don't want people watching you know and casing me i don't want them to know which room i'm in Ugh. Because you're afraid that that 
that that kind of transparency would lead to a potential attack. Uh, yes. Well, I'm, you know, surely it exacerbates the the f- fiction in my head. Surely it does. Sure. Yeah. So, this also gets into a little bit of what we talked about last season in catastrophic thinking. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. That worst case Liam Neeson yeah. situation. Well, does that what do you do with that? I mean, does it make you try to be more prepared? I mean, not obviously not. You're using a back massager. You haven't like really stepped up your game. Yeah, it doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah, right. Right, I'm doing it wrong for sure. Yeah, I mean, not even I like have a fireplace poker. I have all the feel, all the right feelings, and none of the right prep. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely sit back and watch uh, YouTube home invasion uh, videos. I do a lot of that. What are those? They're terrible. Uh, you can get on and 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 just search for home invasion caught on video. Uh, this oh, we live in the age of the nanny cam, uh, and so oh, it's right. pretty easy to to find these kinds of videos that will really stretch the levels of a, your anxiety, truly, uh, to to new heights. Uh, the kinds of things that happen, but then I. You know, the whole reason we do this show is to try to, you know, is it real? I, I, I got to wrap right. my head around the fact that this is, is this a real thing? Do I really have something to be uh, scared about? Can I ask you a question before you go into the actual facts? Well, I hope you will. What is your anxiety level of someone breaking into your house when you're not there? When the house is empty, is that equal or is it really you're talking about this smash and grab where you guys are put in actual physical harm? Yeah, it's definitely the physical harm part. It's, it's the just confrontational the part. part. Yeah, it's, okay. I would say right. that my level of anxiety of somebody breaking into the house and taking stuff while I'm gone is about the same as, you know, coming back to find that there was a fire in my house while we were gone. Right. It okay. would be a crushing thing. And whatever they took would be, uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure, a challenge. I've had something, you know, important to me stolen in the past in a in a yeah. weird way. And I, I, I can really resonate with that feeling, that experience. But, um, you know, as long as everybody's safe, that's OK. Like, I'm I'm got I'm OK. okay. So it's not about stuff. It's really just about personal danger. My hope is that because I just I mean, that home invasion thing, it seems sort of like an old idea of like weird drugged out hippies just walking through. And like every day is the movie The Strangers. Like I would think most <laughs> like most criminals would case an empty house. But that's just my thinking. That's my hope. Well, I'm I uh, I'm glad to be able to say that you are generally in the right direction. That, OK, that that's a, please tell that's me. Not a bad uh, not a bad place to start. As it happens, the U.S. Department of Justice, they have a whole office that is uh, dedicated to uh, justice statistics, the Office of Justice Programs Bureau of Justice Statistics. And they produce these regular reports, these special reports on national crime uh, victimization. They they do all the they have reports on uh, down to zip codes. You know, they'll they'll tell you the the uh, stats of crime. And, And we know that, you know, sometimes it's hard to get accurate stats and and sometimes congress doesn't fund us fund our you know policing well enough to get accurate stats but we have an idea of the the general trajectory of these kinds of activities and uh they report that an estimated 3.7 million household burglaries occurred each year on average from 2003 to 2007 so it's it's fairly dated but this is the most recent that i could find in 28 percent of these burglaries a household member was present during the burglary Mm. right and in seven percent of those burglaries a household member experienced some form of violent victimization 
right? So Oof. percents of percents of percents here is what we're talking about. And yeah. sure, if you're in that 7%, that's not a great place to be. But when we're looking at the overall statistic of a under a million household burglaries in this country over five years uh, right. per year, oh, yeah. it's not as it doesn't happen as much as you'd think. So let's talk briefly then about burglary. Uh, it is they, they've actually revised the definition of burglary, which is strange, uh, oh. according to what they they have the the National Crime Victimization Survey. Uh, burglary has always been classified as a property crime, except when someone is home during the burglary and the the whoever was home is attacked oh. or threatened. So then, what is it when someone is home? and experiences violence, they categorize that victimization as a personal uh, rather than property crime. So it, it is uh, like a sure. rape or sexual assault or robbery is the the sort of alternate word. If somebody's home mm-hmm. and yet the criminal comes in and takes stuff and, and doesn't actually victimize the person, if they're home, it's still a robbery or aggravated huh. versus simple assault. So I'm not a, a police officer, I, but this is this is what I've been able to to pull out this is to be in contrast to a property crime which is just like when nobody's home you just come in you take a bunch of stuff take a car whatever motor vehicle theft Um, so we're talking about uh burglaries in which a household member was home and was potentially a victim of a violent crime well that seems very small but does that help you or are you convinced you're the seven percent no it actually does help me and and oh, good. we can go even further than that right it a household member was present in roughly one million burglaries over this over the course of this five years and became a victim of a violent crime in 266,560 burglaries that's not very many right in, in over in the scope of things and right. when you start drilling down by zip code i have precious little to worry about and then two years ago uh i come we're in new york on vacation and oh no we get, this is a real story this is a real story we're we're on at, at home on vacation and uh we get a call from our neighbors who are watching our house saying if you see any news or you see pictures of police cars in the cul-de-sac uh it's because there was a home invasion in the house across the street from you and they came in they tied up the grandparents <gasps> and uh and held them hostage while they uh while this the criminals looked for cash. Uh, apparently, they had been cased because the couple, the elderly couple that lived there, uh, was um, of uh, Indian uh, origin, and they, the the criminals believed, and I don't know if this is true, but the criminals believed that culturally, uh, Indian folks are more likely to keep cash like in their mattresses, like they don't trust banks or something like that. And so that there was this, there was, they were being in our neighborhood, uh, they were being cased. Uh, and 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 that was across the street from my house so that doesn't help right that stuff's got to be so insidious for the entire neighborhood truly damaging it's truly damaging so it doesn't help the fear it doesn't help the anxiety but again i go back to these statistics and percent of a percent of a percent this does not happen all that often you are absolutely right uh these household uh households residing in single family units and higher density structures of 10 or more units are the least likely to be burglarized uh, while a household member is is present. Generally, it's going to be a smaller property or a higher density property. Um, 
Uh, serious injury accounts for 9%. Minor injury accounts for 36% of injuries sustained by household members who were home and experienced violence. Again, percent of a percent of a percent. Not great if you're in that in that sure. uh, margin, but it's it still happens. But if you're just trying to manage your anxiety, then you can hopefully take some solace from that. Yeah. Why do you think you don't have a, a particular feeling about this? Like you do you didn't grow up with it or or, you know, now you say you live in an apartment like you're in L.A., man. Isn't that like the hotbed of this stuff? That's a really good question. And I read a ton of horror fiction and horror in watch horror films that are all about this stuff. So I don't know. If I had a guess, I weirdly don't suffer from catastrophic thinking. Um, I actually suffer. I don't know. What what would you call the opposite of catastrophic thinking? Yeah, it's like magical thinking. Magical. <laughs> cupcake thinking. Yeah, exactly cupcakes, right. Yeah, right. It's cupcake thinking. And I, that's something that horrible won't happen to me, I think, because and this is both a blessing and a curse, is I'm busy enough dealing with such l- constant low level anxiety about things all the time i don't have room for that you know what i mean like i don't have room for like and what if foster lit on fire and and learned how to shoot a gun like i got enough about what i just said to my neighbor that is going around and around in my head because like i think when i was like passing her in the hallway i think i said love you because i say that too much like i have enough brian regan style dumbness in my life that i just don't have room for and then what about a gun so that's my best guess what what do i know the ups driver dropped off a package and i blew him a kiss i don't know exactly and i chased after him still blowing kisses like i really that's my only guess is like i have enough sort of simmering stuff that i don't really have time to for big flights of fancy if it makes you feel any better, I know that you've really cornered the market on self-defense through massagers. But have you ever thought about like home alone in your house? <laughs> like really like paint cans, bowling ball. I don't remember all the stuff, but like really comically like booby trap your entire place. Tom, I think you really onto something, but I wouldn't go full home alone in the way that Macaulay Culkin did it because A, he's done it once and you can only go to that that well once. Yeah. I think that you and I should start a new business, and that is how do you home alone your house using only (laughs) self-care products? (laughs) So there's just all sorts of back scratchers and like magic chairs and all this stuff. And the best part is every night your goddamn cat goes through and ruins (laughs) all of it. She like licks up all the lotion that you spread on the floor. Exactly. And, oh, uh, yeah, everything. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, the works. This is great. I'm very excited. We went down this particular <laughs> path, and I just bought the website. We're in. <laughs> Today's regret actually happened yesterday, and I'm still suffering from anxiety from it. Uh, I had a bunch of errands to run, and so I walked Foster, and I skipped taking a shower because I was just, again, running some errands. So I just put on a hat and left, and I went to Ikea and got a new bookshelf because I'm single, and I went to the grocery store to pick up dinner for the week. I was bopping all around town. Much later in the day, around 3 p.m., I stopped in the restroom of a store, and I was washing my hands, and that's when I glanced at myself in the mirror. I'd never put on a hat. I was just out there with my crazy bed hair, and I legitimately looked like a homeless person. 
I just didn't notice. The, I just, in my head, I had put on a hat, and instead, I was just walking around with crazy hair. How many people saw me, Pete? A lot of people. Ha, how many people saw me, Pete? That's regretful. All the people, but let me ask you this. From then on out, whenever you saw somebody, did you apologize for your head? <laughs> I just put a bag over my head from Ikea. (laughs) It's that thing. And those bags are huge. Oh, my God. It was just like a raincoat. It was wonderful. (laughs) Something you won't regret, Tom, is visiting our sponsor, audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. And when you go there, when you visit audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast, you can be comforted knowing two things. The first thing is you are supporting this show. You are supporting Tom's hair care regimen. <laughs> Clearly, we need all the help we can get. Oh, yeah. You're supporting yeah. us, uh, uh, the, the costs that go into hosting this show, and you're putting food in our children's mouths mm-hmm. by supporting this show. All you have to do is sign up for a free account at audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast, and you will get a free credit to download whatever audiobook you want. Have you ever tried audiobooks? If you haven't, you need to try audiobooks. They're amazing. I am personally reading Red Sparrow right now. Are you doing, uh, have you done Red Sparrow? Is that the same movie that yeah. Jergu, what's her name? Hunger Games. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Jennifer, yeah. <laughs> J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, right. Uh, co-starring Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes, no, I saw the movie and I'd be interested in reading that book. I mean, listening to it. How is it? it it's fantastic. It's a real, uh, I want to say page turner, but that's not right. Because it's an audiobook. Uh, the book I'm going to actually recommend, though, is, of course, Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. In Red Dragon, mm. you'll hear the story of young Francis Dollarhide and his journey to become the Tooth Fairy. He is, it's, it's kind of a superhero origin story if your superhero is, is made of nightmares. Is made of nightmares. That's exactly right. Uh, yes. So, Red Dragon is, uh, it is a, a fantastic thriller. It's 12 hours and six minutes long. Oof. And you sh- you could have it for free. And the best part is, if you quit Audible, you decide you don't like it, uh, you get to keep the book. That's it. You keep the book. Dynamite. 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 Thanks, Audible. Thanks, Audible. Peter, we've tackled some heavy stuff on this sometimes funny podcast. Why, just moments ago, <laughs> we did a deep dive into home invasions. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes funny, folks. Anyways, um, I wanted to, uh, we're nicely timed because mine is kind of the exact opposite of a home invasion. It's just, it is it's something... just criminals that come to your house and bring you cakes. They bring you yeah, stuff. It's... Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's like a criminal potluck. Exactly. No, this is every once in a while. I think it's a good time to ease up a bit and just cover something that's seemingly mundane, but is actually very relatable. We have a listener submission. Ah, listener submission. Listen, uh, this comes from a longtime fan of the show and said fan has been asked to be called Teely. Oh, that sounds like a, like an elf. Teely. Kind of a name. Like, I feel like I'm straight out of. Or maybe it is um, Shireish. It's a Shireish yeah. thing. Yeah, Teely and Gimli and who's it's and what's it? He, yeah. If it helps, he is he's the size of nineteen hobbits standing on top of each other. <laughs> uh, he's a very very tall, very handsome person. Excellent. Teely has anxiety in restaurants. Not all the time, but in specific occasions revolving around the bill. Ugh, the bill, the worst. Oh. 
Now, I assume that when he was talking about it, he would immediately start talking about when he was on a date. No, he always wants to pick up the check when he's on a date. That's just how he was brought up. So no problem there. And when he's with a group, he always wants to pay his fair share. No problem. But here's where it becomes difficult is when he knows someone else is going to be picking up the check. He says he never knows how to order. And he's kind of anxious the entire time. And I thought this was really interesting. As an example, he gave he and his co-workers were recently taken out to lunch by their boss who told them to get whatever you want. It's a celebration. And Teeley said this was really rough for him because he doesn't know where that sweet spot is between where he can get what he wants or would normally get. But he really doesn't want to appear greedy. He wants to seem thankful. So if he was paying, he'd get like a drink drink or a side of fries or something. But if someone else is paying now, he's just second guessing himself. It's just water, no side dish. So ironically, someone wanting to give a gift to Teeley causes him to order a meal he doesn't even want and doesn't enjoy <laughs> in this way. And this is my words. It's like the gift of the Magi, but with jalapeno poppers. Right. I don't know if that works. <laughs> right. No, I'll so, take the Kobe steak, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to sum up, he's always nervous about ordering too much when someone else is paying, and that makes him dread the entire experience, which is supposed to be a happy experience. I can kind of relate to this. Pete, how about you? Yeah, I can totally relate to this. It's it's one of those things that I know there is I know there is a, a solid rule for this. There's got to be a solid rule for this, like an etiquette tip when right someone else is doing this there has to be a way to know like and i'm sure it also involves some complicated menu math like you look at the menu and you take an average of the most expensive and the least expensive and then you divide by right. six and then add seven yeah and then eventually you'll get to something that you can actually show as as a responsible choice your wedge salad is worth Two garden salads. Yeah. Like everything is on this sort of sliding scale. My boss did this for me, Tom. And it was, uh, we'd finished a big project. And he says, like, you did a great job. And as a way to thank you, uh, I want you to go take your wife out to dinner and bring me the receipt. Oh, oh, oh that's such a trap. Uh-huh. That's the worst because, yeah. oh, that is actually diabolical <laughs> because i have some tips that based on what i personally do and then i found another one that i thought was interesting but both are very much involved with that person being in the room yeah yeah oh that's so that's right. just what did you do did you just have a water sandwich do you know oh. what it sucks because you go in and and you think okay and i was young at the time and i was i was very conscious of these things if it was now you know i'd say like okay that's on you man that is right. your mistake i have no i'm going out to dinner and i'm getting the whole bottle of wine and i'm getting like i'm going all yeah. in and if there's yeah. a way to have my plate topped with exotic sea urchins uh no matter what it is i'm going all in thank you for celebrating me and this is so weird because you were just at a cracker barrel <laughs> so i don't know why you thought all these things would happen <laughs> i uh, but but at the time you know we we ordered drinks and probably didn't include those when on the receipt like maybe made a separate oh, transaction like we yeah we actually yeah. were conscious of what we would that, that i would be paying for a little bit of this because everything else seemed uh, extravagant right and i am sure that was not his intention and and he told me years later he said you know when i did that to you i did that to you because someone did it for me and my intention was to really pay the whole bill like it was it, yeah it, it was, he was a fine gift. With it. he was a fine with sure. it but i couldn't take it that way it caused me a great deal of anxiety oh yeah that's tough yeah that's really, i never thought about that yeah of like 
Just surprise me. <laughs> Gross. That's okay. right. In that situation, I have no help for you. I would have done the exact same thing. I probably would have had a normal dinner and then told her, I'm so sorry. Can you take some of this stuff off? Yeah, right. What right. I usually do, um, and uh, this is, and the only reason I'm able to talk about this from firsthand is because this has given me anxiety in the past, is I just follow the lead of the host. Yeah, whatever, whatever they order, don't order anything more expensive than that. Exactly. Does she or he get a beer? Then beer's on the table. Same with sides. Try and plan what you'd ideally like in, you know, if you had your druthers and then somehow make sure that the host orders first. Just make sure you order exactly the same thing as the host, because that's not that's not creepy. (laughs) Just get a really long (laughs) fork and just take (laughs) bites off of their plate. That's and like right. weirdly art yeah you know archie what? comics like the, share a malt just look at the with like two straws and say uh make sure the host goes first and then all you yeah. have to say is just bring me a plate and an extra fork <laughs> right <laughs> then don't th- anything else don't say anything else yeah it, it's implied it, as if you're making a euphemism go i'll have what she's having <laughs> but you but you mean it literally yes. <laughs> you're not ordering an orgasm <laughs> you just want whatever she's having because because you're filled with anxiety. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We nailed this one. We nailed this oh, one. Tom. Uh, one other tip that I found at quickanddirtytips.com. Ugh. I don't think I read that out loud. No. Quickanddirtytips.com. Like terrible resource. Yeah. I don't know. Well, either way, let's say Quora. <laughs> I found this on Quora. <laughs> Suggests that when it's all wrapping up, uh, order whatever you want. And when it's wrapping up, offer to buy dessert or to pay the tip. You will almost always get turned down because they don't want to undercut their own generosity. But the offer goes a long way. You get credit for that. I've never thought of that. That's a cool idea. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Thinking about this actually brought up another scenario that I've gone through that used to give me anxiety. What when you go out like with a bunch of friends and you're all at a big table and you just say you just have a salad, but they stake it up and have bottles of wine and all this. And because they've had wine, one of them suggests that everyone just split the bill evenly. So easy. Just split the bill evenly. And you don't want to be a Scrooge, but you honestly had so much less than everyone else. That can be anxiety producing I assume this is relatable. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, this is this is big for me. And this is very much I'm speaking from a place of certain privilege. I have decided that fifteen dollars, like an extra fifteen dollars that I didn't that I shouldn't have to spend is better to do. I choose to just uh, split the bill evenly that the the not bringing it up and just the morale of the table if that's what everyone has decided they want to do then i will just sort of pitch in and not think about it again what do you do well i i feel like etiquette i the etiquette that i have been taught is that splitting the bill evenly is like i don't do that all that often that it's actually okay. it's when uh like a single diners if you're not there as a couple if you're just going yourself you pay for yourself right and if you go as a couple, then you pay as a couple and you guys work it out yourself. Oh, yeah. And is, so each party. That's totally pays how that works. I've never really thought like at some point when you're an adult, that just becomes the norm. Yeah, that's that's kind of my experience. But I do have yeah. a, a, we I, we used to truck with a, a group that were like really into, you know, trying out the latest and greatest portland cuisine right like they just okay no yes and so they had this like oh yes we'll just you know we'll pay by the party you know we'll just split evenly by party 
So if, if mm. four couples go out and the, the bill comes, you you pay for a quarter of, of the whole bill. And I don't know. I This always bugged me because they're I don't have as sort of haute cuisine tastes as they do. So they're going to restaurants sure. where it's not like $15 a plate. It's like $40, $50, $60 a plate. I like that I just totally outed myself of what kind of restaurant that right. I'm going to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm totally willing to pay, uh, you know, when we go to Taco Bell. But come sure. on. <laughs> like, how many tacos can you eat? So uh, I, I tend to get a, feel a little bit burned when we when we go to those kinds of restaurants because I don't tend to spend that kind of money on restaurant food i don't see sure. as much value in it i do like a fine meal i appreciate good food i would prefer to make it if we're gonna eat that kind of food like i'd prefer that sure. experience so yep. i i have real trouble with that and and so you know it that is i've always felt burned when we go to really nice restaurants and i'm like okay i'm gonna eat a nice caesar and a nice tea and i'm gonna feel good about that and then i end up with a 60 dollar bill have you ever wanted to say instead of just splitting evenly by couple that you would just like to pay for what you and your wife ordered totally we totally want to say that but you d- you just don't like but you i'm don't. not the kind of person See, who just says that i right. just pay the bill and I, I, yeah. I and we try to just be super judicious about you know when we say yes we can make it to these kinds of events and and because it's got to be a special event for us we just we aren't made of food money Oh, that's interesting. So that actually dictates totally. when you're going to go be a. That's a way to handle the anxiety. Just, just do go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get some blue apron or something, not a sponsor, <laughs> and just stay in and watch Roma or something that I'm supposed no, to watch and Tom, never will. You just get your blue apron box or your HelloFresh box, whatever you choose to do. Let them know you heard about it here. And you bring the box to the restaurant. <laughs> Oh, that and say, can you just whip this yes. up? And apparently yeah. takes exactly 45 minutes. <laughs> Is there a boxing fee? Because, you know, that should be a new thing. <laughs> like a corkage yeah, like fee? Yeah, like a corkage fee, fee. But there's a boxage fee. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. We've started two businesses. Two businesses, Tom. Home Alone oh, and Blue Apron, the restaurant. <laughs> we'll take your Blue Apron box and prepare your meal for you, Tom. <laughs> God, why are we doing this stupid anxiety show? All right, everybody, you heard it here first. This is our last episode because we are both rich now. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode. Today's tune is Cold Day in Hell by Michael Shines. (laughs) Cheer up, Mike. (laughs) Anyways, coming up next week. We need a fact checker. Uh, that would be awesome. No, no, <laughs> Pete. Each episode will be one minute long and the rest will be apologies. You never know what's going to happen. It could be a pant crapping day. <laughs> it is a Tuesday. Uh, so I get it. But everything in my core says that I'm being weak and I have to be a big strong boy in my big strong boy pants. Until then, I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? It'll be a cold day in hell Before I let you back into my bed And it'll be a cold day in hell Before these thoughts you fill up my head And it'll be a cold day in hell Before I let you back 
letting you go. 